Well, good morning again. Welcome to St. Paul's, whether you're online or in person. Maybe you're curious, maybe you're critical or you're committed. We're glad you're here. Now, the captain of the Toronto Maple Leafs is John uh, Tavares. True confessions, I hadn't heard of him before Thursday when Tim and I went and watched uh, the Leafs beat the Rangers. So I googled him and discovered, to my dismay, that the Toronto Star is underwhelmed with his leadership. Leadership's hard. And most of us, in some ways, are leaders. Maybe in our families or at our places of work. Maybe even uh, in a friendship. There's always someone uh, who takes the lead. But all of us, we are all followers. Even if, like uh, me, you are paid uh, to be a leader, right? Supervisors report to managers, managers report to VPs, even the CEO has to report to the board. Which leaders we follow has enormous consequences for our daily lives. It impacts how much money we're going to be able to save in the bank, uh, what our kids are being taught in school, how many of us are going to be driving electric cars in the next five years. Leadership dictates life. This morning, we all have front row seats as we watch God uh, changing lives, witnessing the baptism of Yasher, Alexa, Elizabeth, Theo, Penelope, uh, Caroline, George, and we had some as well at the 9.30 service. Baptism is making a decision about leadership. Who are you going to follow? And on the last Sunday of our teaching series, This is Jesus, the first century writer John gives us a fascinating interaction between two leaders, right? Pontius Pilate, he was the Roman governor of Judea, which is roughly modern-day Israel, and an entirely different kind of leader, Jesus of Nazareth. And amongst all the options that we've got, let's look at how the leadership of Jesus just might bring us the most meaning in life. Context. Jesus is in the countdown to his death, and he knows it. Rome is the global superpower, and while it liked to govern its provinces at arm's length, uh, when it came to the area of capital punishment, you needed both Rome's permission and Rome's soldiers uh, to put anybody to death. Pilate had made some mistakes as governor, He was not popular with the locals, and the news of this had certainly reached headquarters in Rome. So when the religious leaders knock on Pilate's door asking him to execute Jesus, he knows the stakes are high. And after asking them on what charges they bring Jesus, Pilate turns his attention to the bloodied man standing in front of him. Are you the king of the Jews? A question which meant one thing to the religious leaders. He's claiming to be our Messiah. But it meant a different thing to the Romans, right? Political insurrection. Jesus then assures Pilate that there's no immediate threat to his governorship, uh, since the kingdom that Jesus rules is not of this world. And listening carefully to every word, Pilate asks, What kind of leader are you, Jesus? You an influencer, Jesus? His deliberately ambiguous answer 
you say that I am a king, leads to the question that has earned Pilate a place in history. What is truth? Was this an ancient precursor to the live your truth movement? Was Pilate joining in the public mocking of Jesus, or was he just tired, fed up, and on edge? We don't know. But we do know this. When Pilate uttered those fateful words, what is truth? He was standing closer to the truth than he ever had before and ever would again. We are all followers, yearning for someone to show us how to live our lives in ways that are meaningful and life-giving. We all worship, every single one of us, even if you're an atheist or an agnostic joining us online. We all serve or sacrifice in exchange for meaning and purpose. We all look for leaders. It's our default setting. And we have a couple of options to choose from. Option number one is, of course, ourselves. I have a very clear memory of our oldest daughter, Emma. She would have been about four or five, and I was trying to get her to stop cutting up a box of Cheerios, right, that was actually full of Cheerios. And I remember her stopping and looking me straight in the eye, and she said, you are not the boss of me, mummy. My eyes narrowed, and I was like, I so am the boss of you for like 14 more years, young lady. And we persist in the belief, not backed up with any observable evidence, mind you, we persist in the belief that we are qualified to have the final say over our lives. And we persist in this belief because we keep comparing ourselves to each other. My decisions are always better than someone else's. But if you throw Jesus into the mix, if Jesus walks into the room, then our meager qualifications to be the boss of ourselves evaporate. Barbara Brown Taylor puts it like this. In the presence of his integrity, our own pretense is exposed. In the presence of his constancy, our cowardice is brought to light. In the presence of his fierce love for God and for us, our own hardness of heart is revealed. Take him out of the room, and all these things become relative. I'm not much worse than you are, nor you than I. But leave Jesus in the room. There's no place to hide. We cannot be left unsupervised. Option two. So option one is ourselves, right? I'm I'm the boss of me. Option two, then, is to turn to someone or something else for leadership, right? To follow, to give worship to, in exchange for meaning and purpose. And one version of this, which is really easy to make fun of, uh, is our love for fitness instructors. On the satirical uh, Netflix show, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, the main characters attend Spirit Cycle, where everyone worships a spin instructor named Tristaf, only to find out that he's actually sitting on the toilet instead of a spin bike, in a kind of Wizard of Oz twist. And their devotion is, of course, ruined, along with the illusion that anyone could possibly be that fit. And I'm not knocking uh, the countless ways 
uh, that other people, institutions, or belief systems can help us make decisions and find meaning, but friends, they will always, at some point, let us down. Every single time. Brilliant writer um, David Foster Wallace, who sadly died a few years ago, wrote this. In the day-to-day trenches of adult life, there's actually no such thing as atheism. There's no such thing as not worshipping everybody worships. The only choice we get is what to worship. And the compelling reason for maybe choosing some sort of God to worship is that pretty much anything else you worship will eat you alive. If you worship money and things, if they are where you tap real meaning in life, then you'll never have enough. Never feel you have enough. It's the truth. Worship your body and beauty and sexual allure, and you'll always feel ugly. And when time and age start showing, you will die a million deaths before they finally grieve you. Option two, like option one, they'll disappoint for the same reason. We cannot be left unsupervised. So, you are a king. Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this I was born, for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Through one lens, kingship is the ultimate patriarchy. And I'm not trying to sell you on that this morning. We're in a moment of reckoning with who our culture has chosen as leaders and kings in the past, who we've built statues of, who we've named universities after. How many bodies litter battlefields as we fought over who's going to be the king of this or that scrap of our globe? Jesus doesn't need anyone to die for him. He dies for us. Jesus told the truth so clearly that people wanted to kill him for it. He stands in Pilate's headquarters as both a mirror and a window. He's the perfect mirror for reflecting back to us who we really are, people who can't be left unsupervised, desperately in need of God's love and forgiveness. I absolutely include myself. And Jesus is also the ultimate window on who God is, our loving Heavenly Father who cherishes and delights in each and every one of you. I asked... What kind of leadership will bring us the most meaning in life? What leader will enable us to be receptive to those from whom we differ, who will lead us to sacrifice for others? And those questions matter if you treasure multicultural, diverse Toronto, if you want to be good parents, a faithful friend, if you want to be known as, as generous, and if you care even the tiniest bit about climate change. To live a life of meaning. Jesus is not the patriarchy. He is a truth-telling, death-defying king. A man who embraces all as made in the image of God. A man who, as his torturers were hammering nails in his hands, forgave them. He went to hell and back so that we don't have to. This is Jesus. Baptism is choosing this king to follow. 
Baptism is having tried out option one, tried out option two, and being let down every single time. Baptism is wanting to hear the truth about ourselves, the truth about God, live it, and then be the truth for other people. Baptism is joining a royal family, not as footmen or maids, not even as a duke or a duchess. Baptism is becoming a co-heir with the king. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. King Jesus, the only leader who gives each follower equally all the riches of heaven. Thanks be to God. Amen.